Listening to, to the I never deli- know how you're going to start. This. I know, neither do I. <laughs> hey, thank you for joining us here on the Deliberating Pastor podcast. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, uh, Pastor Aaron. We've got uh, Pastor Ken and the Reverend Doug. Well, we're so I'm so glad to be back here. Uh, it's been a week or two. Has been since we've gotten to, together, and I believe we're going to have us some good fun. If you notice the introduction there, that might hint a little bit of what we're going to be talking a little bit about tonight. So, guys, what's new? Anything going on in y'all's life? Mm. Anything new? Got a nice scar on my wrist. What? Yes. Yeah, I can. Oh. Did you see that? Let's see if I can show it to you. Yeah, I, w- I was. Is, I was it, transporting. For the audience, Ken is showing <laughs> us his scars and his yeah, stitches. Stitches. Yeah, I, I wasn't arm. really self-harming, so don't worry about that. It was, I was carrying a broken toilet and it had, so I had a bunch of porcelain pieces in mm-hmm. my arm and I went to lift up the trash can and when I did the top piece of the porcelain Ooh. fell over and just like went right into my arm. I mean, it just like, whoop. and I was like, man, I don't even know if I'm supposed to take this out or not, you know, Sure. but it was such a big chunk. I didn't want to take it to the emergency room with me, but. I didn't hit any arteries or any Praise major. Praise the Lord. Yeah. But it was ugly looking. Praise I saw things that I didn't. I don't want to ever see again. Wow. So, but no, it's healing good. And they're going to take the stitches out Saturday. So, yeah, looks good. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yeah, Praise so that's the that's a new thing. So, but I did get a project done in the garage. So that was part of. <laughs> <laughs> it almost cost us, it costed him his arm, but he, uh, yeah. he survived it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to tell my wife, listen, I'm safe right here in my recliner chair. <laughs> that's right. You know, <laughs> Yeah, I wonder if I can deduct it from my taxes because it's part of the home improvement project. Oh. Yeah, the, the medical bill. <laughs> yeah. Oh my. Our um, our uh, missions director, he was uh, he had stopped at a hotel in Fort Wayne. It caught on fire. Oh no. Yeah, oh, they were there. Yeah, that was uh, that's pretty tough. He actually it was a, it was a real sketchy part of town, you know. So he told uh, he told his wife. He said, "I'll sleep out here in the van because they they had brought up a U-Haul <laughs> to go get some stuff." And uh, well, the uh, it was it was real sketchy. I mean, there's there was fighting that night. Matter of fact, um, our mission. No offense <laughs> to those who live in that neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I, well, apparently this is a very rough, and everybody in that everybody knows like don't go there. Right. Um, but him. Yeah. Well, they had they had ordered on Priceline. And couldn't get go. their money back when they got there. Oh, no. The the hotel was it was wasn't very clean, real nasty. Didn't even have any toilet paper in it. Oh. You know, so it was it was pretty bad. So he said he, they had brought up a U-Haul because they were heading to another church to get some stuff. <laughs> and so he's like, you know what? I'll stay out here. But there was a fight that night. Cops came out, and uh, our missions director said, "Hey, he asked the cop. He said, can I go over and talk to that lady?'" And he ended up actually calming the situation down. Was able to calm that lady down, and um, so, anyways, he's out there sleeping. They had just gotten into bed at seven o'clock that morning, Ooh. fell asleep, and um, all of a sudden, about eight o'clock, uh, his wife and daughter are sleeping up in the hotel room. They're sleeping up there, <laughs> and they start hearing all this ruckus. They're thinking, "Man, there's another fight going on. There's some, you know, something else going on." And she said she looked out the window, and the window across from her was shooting fire out of it. Oh and no! She went to open up the door. There's smoke. It filled the, you know, the hallway. <laughs> oh, she shut man. the door again, and then all of a sudden there was a big boom. Well, they had um, fire trucks over on the other side of the building shooting water up over the building, and the water had so much force it came down and busted that window in their room. And oh, so water my. was coming in, and 
and uh, the well, it was that day that the internet was down, yep. cell phone service was oh, down. Oh yeah, at least in Indiana. You yeah, know, yep, so our, our so our missions director, he was trying to uh, um, call his wife, and she wasn't picking up. Oh man. And because he was outside, how horrible would that be? And she finally, she finally was able to call, make a phone call from her phone. And he's like, "I've been calling you," mm. and and uh, she's she's like, "You're gonna have to get up here. You've got to come here and get us out of here." <laughs> and uh, he had to convince convince the firemen to let him through so he can get up there and get them out of their out of that hotel room. Oh man, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, what a story. I'd say I don't have yeah, my life's. Can't pretty be, can't beat that. Yeah, yeah, can't beat that tonight for sure. Oh, what about your bees? You know, I haven't heard anything about your. bees. Well, it is it's fall, and so the my uh, bees are uh, beginning to settle down now for the uh, for the season. And see, did you and, get any honey and, or anything? Uh, this no, year? you you don't do anything the first year. So okay, see, it's all about. See, Doug's been doing the bees this yes, year. Yes, yep, yeah. It's all about uh, them making as much honey as they can, so they can survive this winter. And okay, uh, so that's for them. We'll check back year. in uh, in the spring and. Cool. Uh, God willing, they've will have survived the winter, and then then it's next summer. It's a little bit okay. Good. Then I, we expect to hear some really good stories. There you go. There. there you go. From I, you collecting I the think honey. We, I think we need more bee farm because there's there is the the bee population is actually falling. It is. Or they said uh, it has. Yeah, it helps. It helps. You know. uh, if we didn't have bees, we wouldn't have farming and all the kinds of stuff. Yeah. So yeah. So check back later. Though they're going to be all right. Sweet. Well, should have some stories for you. Good. Sounds sounds good. Well, guys, I am ready to talk about our topic for tonight. Uh, we're going to talk about how to read and study the Bible. I think it's a very important topic um, to discuss. And uh, Ken, I'm going to have you jump starters here and yeah. get us going. Well, I, I uh, brought in one of my favorite children's books. It's called the Jesus Storybook Bible. And uh, it's written by Sally Lloyd Jones, and uh, I'm I'm just going to read a couple pages here. But I think she has a really neat way of putting together what what the Bible is and how to approach it. Mm-hmm. So, because because I think most of my life I've approached it uh, a little maybe a little wrong because I've either thought of it as a rule book or as a list of heroes that I'm supposed to emulate and. Um, you know, stuff like that. But uh, she kind of puts it real succinctly, 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 um, that uh, I think is pretty cool. So um, she writes, Now some people think the Bible is a book of rules, telling you what you should and shouldn't do. The Bible certainly does have some rules in it. They show you how life works best. But the Bible isn't mainly about you and what you should be doing. It's about God and what he has done. Other people think the Bible is a book of heroes showing you people you should copy. The Bible does have some good heroes in it, but as you'll soon find out, most of the people in the Bible aren't heroes after all. They make some big mistakes, and sometimes on purpose. And they get afraid and run away, and at times they are downright mean. No, the Bible isn't a book of rules or a book of heroes. The Bible is mostly, most of all, a story. It's an adventure story about a young hero who comes from a far country to win back his lost treasure. It's a love story about a brave prince who leaves his palace, his throne, everything to rescue the one he loves. It's like the most wonderful of fairy tales that has come true in real life. You see, the best thing about this story is it's true. There are lots of stories in the Bible, but all the stories are telling one big story, the story how God loves his children and comes to rescue them. It takes the whole Bible to tell a story, and at the center of the story, there's a baby. Every story in the Bible whispers his name. He's like the missing piece in a puzzle, the piece that makes all the other pieces fit together. And suddenly you can see a beautiful picture. And this is no ordinary baby. This is the child upon whom everything would depend. This is the child who would one day... Oh, but wait. Our story starts where all good stories start, right at the very beginning. And then it begins with Genesis 1, you know. Wow. But it's, mm-hmm. it's, it comes to an understanding that 
the whole biblical narrative is filled with lots of stories, but it it's telling the big story about, you know, Christ, you know, and our need for a Messiah, a need for a Savior. And um, I just thought that was a really cool way that she put it. So, so yeah, I, th- I think if we read with that understanding of, of that is the, the main thing in the Bible, um, if we just looked at it like a, bo- a list of rules, you, you can never have a book that has enough rules in it to tell you everything what to do because situations are so complex. Mm-hmm. So you, there'll always be like, well, the Bible didn't say what I'm supposed to do in this situation. Well, there's never a book that's going to do that. But what the Bible is, is supposed to give you wisdom, you know, as you read and meditate on God's word. It, it's supposed to form you, form your character in a way that you'll know how to respond in love and in respect and grace and truth and, you know, um, but so the more we meditate, the more we read, the more we, I think it enlightens us to understand the greater wisdom and how to address, you know, mm. issues in life. But mm. anyway, I think that's pretty cool. Very good. Yeah. Very good. And then for our audience, what's the name of the book again? Uh, the Jesus Storybook Bible. Yeah. Jesus, Jesus Storybook. Storybook Bible. That's cool. You know, I always, I like, um, there's sometimes I'll in, in church services I'll just sing Jesus loves me or oh, yeah. the B I B L E you know and sure. I, I I tell I tell our church I said listen these songs are just not kids songs these are these are good solid adult songs you know mm-hmm. now don't don't have me up there doing Father Abraham but um, you know but they're but they're but they're good to sing because Jesus does loves us mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, so but in Getting back to reading and and studying the Bible, um, as Ken, you know, he he started off in that introduction. What a great introduction there, um, because that's that's what the Bible is. The Bible is this. It is one big story of of pointing to Christ and, you know, God's dealing with with mankind and how He's wanting to deal with us in our lives and, you know, bring us in relationship with Him. You know, yeah, there are some of those rules, but some of those things that are there, God's not God's not saying don't do this because He hates your guts or He doesn't like you. Um, no, He wants us to be free right. and to live in freedom. So it's it's like a father who says, "Hey, son, daughter, don't do that." There's a reason why they're saying that because they don't want right. uh, you to be harmed. And God's the same way. If we would just listen to him sometimes, I think <laughs> we wouldn't get ourselves in the situations that we get ourselves into. Yeah. Because yeah. God has our best interests at heart. I really believe that. Mm-hmm. I really believe that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think when, when we begin to read and study um, the Bible, I think it's very important to learn how we got the Bible. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's very important, you know, it, it, you know, it just didn't... Oh look, there's the, there's a book. Just didn't come down out of heaven and yeah. gold gold book and <laughs> found in a field. Found in a field. Oh, yeah, yeah. I th- I th- I think that I think a, a lot of things, I guess. But first of all, I think sometimes there are some who approach it and they're intimidated by it, and they 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 don't need to. To be intimidated by it, that it's a, it's a, if, if this is more of a, something that makes it attractive, it's a love letter. Um, it uh, is, it really is one story. And I, and I, I didn't always think of it that way either, Ken, that, uh, you know, I, I, probably in the last 10 years, that's been a big change for me. Part of it was, well, I've served as a missionary. Right. Is that um, when when someone would if, would come up to us and say, "Well, what what's the Bible about?" A lot of times we want to start, especially as North North American Christians, we want to start with Jesus. But uh, serving uh, overseas um, with people who had you know zero, a lot of them zero knowledge of what the Bible really was. You know, they knew it was connected to the Christian religion, but what was it is is you start at the beginning, you know, that it wow. is this story of, mm. of God creating the world, creating us to have a, 
to have a relationship and that uh, relationship went bad for mm. a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, to, the, the links that God went to bring us back into relationship with him and, and I don't want to get into all of the, as maybe for another podcast, but, but key elements that, um, <clears throat> that at least in the part of the world where, where I've lived, you didn't start with Jesus. You started at the beginning. They wanted to know the beginning. That's cool. Of uh, of that, and so I I, I challenge uh, people today, and, and including myself, is can you can you in five minutes or less tell me the whole Bible story? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's going to be a fifty foot, you know, fifty thousand foot synopsis. So you're going to miss details, but tell me. Can right. you tell me in five minutes or less, in an understandable way, what is the Bible story? Mm-hmm. And if you can do that, um, and I think the Holy Spirit will help you on a long ways, really being effective in, in sharing your faith. So I challenge my uh, our audience, man, that uh, try to rehearse and, and where you can come up with a, I hate to use the word presentation, but I'll use it for for lack of a better word. But come up with five minutes or less, preferably less. Sure. Uh, five minutes is a long time. <laughs> yeah. But but five minutes or less where you can tell someone what is the Bible story. Yeah, and then if you can tell it in a way that is always pointing that we that we have a need, you know, because mm-hmm. it starts with, you know, Adam and Eve, yeah. and God's given them this great responsibility of being made in his image and the responsibility of representing him on earth and ruling and reigning. The, it's a personal relationship, but it's also a working relationship. And uh, they they mess it up. They end up, instead of uh, whatever God says is good and evil, they instead say, oh, what you said was good, or what you said was not good for us, where we say it is good, and we're just going to take it and uh, redefine good and evil, and and so God's plan of trying to create this human project, you know, uh, it keeps failing, and then it starts again with with Noah, and you know, and he comes off the boat, and you're supposed to get this image of now he is next, you know, he's. He's the new Adam, you know. Yeah. Wow, we got great expectations. We, we can start over a little bit. And, we can start over. and then he, <laughs> he, he gets into the vineyard and gets drunk and gets naked and is like, oh. Um, yeah, this didn't so last this very didn't long. Last very long. <laughs> and then, you know, it gets to, you know, it keeps going through different people and, thing, and then it comes to a nation. And will, will this nation uh, that is chosen by God be a light to the world and really represent God well? And of course, the whole Old Testament is about how Israel uh, fails at doing this, mm-hmm. and then and throughout the whole story, there's a there's a hope and a cry. There is someone coming that is going to be greater than Moses and greater than Noah, and going to be you know the new Adam, you know that's going to be able to uh, actually take humanity where we were always supposed to be in our relationship with God and and really uh, blessing to blessing to the world and all nations and and. You keep looking for it, and it's not happening um, until you turn to Matthew chapter 1, you know. Mm-hmm. And so then he starts about this vulnerable child, you know, in this manger that is more than just a human, you know. It's God and, and man together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, and it's about him becoming, being what we always needed, and then his sacrifice on, you know, came to make us, uh, you know, right with him. And, and uh, you know, I mean, you guys know the story, but it's just, you know, to see it at a meta-narrative and then that it, as you look at, like, the book of uh, Judges and where are we at in the story that's pointing us to Jesus. And so you see all these judges that come up, mm-hmm. and they're like, this is the new hero. This is the new hero. And... <laughs> They're hopelessly terrible, you know. 
uh, you get to Samson. I used to think, you know, Samson was somebody was supposed to look up to, you know, because he was like in the child's book. He was the guy, you know, with the muscles that are breaking chains yes, and stuff. Yeah. And be like Samson, you the know. Come on, kids, be and... like Samson. And but if you read it, you're like Samson was a failure. Yeah. And but it starts. The story starts that, you know, he is. It's like a miraculous birth because his mom couldn't get pregnant, and an angel comes and talks about this son that's going to be born and how to raise him. And you're like, your expectations are pretty high. Is this going to be the one? And then, you know, he's chasing girls all the time. (laughs) And the wrong ones that he was not supposed to be chasing. And the wrong ones. And and the only thing, only time he ever did anything is if he was upset or mad or, or, uh, you know, or ticked off. And it wasn't ever for God's glory. It was because I did this because... I was mad, you know, mm-hmm. you know, so I don't know the all. So the whole Bible is keeps pointing to, is there going to be somebody that can come and take care of this? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah. Well, thank goodness that the Bible first was written in English, right? Yeah. That, that's what Adam spoke, right? Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I, don't speak English, I don't think so. Okay. So yeah, I think I think when we look at the Bible, we have to realize that the first languages was was not English, um, which there surprisingly there's some who believe that you know. No, no, I don't think anybody believes that. <laughs> in some in some fashion, they believe that. I'm like, oh, hold on a minute, um, but um, but we know that. Um, Hebrew, um, of course, if you, if, if we trace, trace back how the word of God was, was wrote down, well, it started out on a tablet on some rock chiseled in the 10 commandments. <laughs> some <laughs> was, it, it's hard to know. I mean, we've not discovered of, any yeah. chiseled tablets, but we do know that, you know, some of the earliest writings are very, very old, very old. And, uh, some of the Hebrew, as you look at some of the language of the Hebrew in Genesis, is a very early style of Hebrew. Mm. So um, uh, it's like our old English because it uh-huh. reads just a little different. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but, you know, some of it could have been oral. You know, some of it could have been, you know, divine revelation later in history, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've always been amazed at the oral handing down of the stories. Because when you think uh, of Moses writing the first five, uh-huh. well, you know, Moses, it's hundreds and hundreds of years into oh, yeah. the history of the world, uh, and he's the first one, where, at least that we have, s- collected and kept, where, where Moses writes down the, cre- you know, the, the, the creation, the flood story. Mm-hmm. The, uh, well, know, and the, he's, the patriarchs. He's, he or whoever it is is taking... <laughs> Not only Moses's words, but uh, a quilt patchwork of all these things and putting it together into a quilt. That's right. Um, because, I mean, Moses isn't the only one that wrote it. Because it also talks about that Moses died and was buried on yep. Mount So and So. So Moses didn't write it. So, so you did have some people that were editing, you know, um, which that doesn't mean that, that they were you know, trying to add to the scripture or anything. No. But that's and, part of the formation of the scripture and that's being another inspired. Thing too, you know, the the reverence that um even the Jewish people had um mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. their writings, for their right. um uh for their record keeping. Right. You know, we look at, you know, Jesus, you know, it, it lists all the ones all the way up to, you know, the King David you know that just that record keeping. They had such a reverence for any of that. Um, I I was I went to a Jewish synagogue when I was in the military, mm. and uh, I had a, a friend of mine who's he was also a fellow soldier, and I would go to the synagogue with him. And uh, um, there in that synagogue, they had um, and, and most synagogues will have, um, you know, the, the Torah written down on uh, skin. They'll have right. it on skin, roll scroll, yeah. uh, and and so they'll actually will take that scroll and they'll go down the row and and they'll kiss it. Wow! Yes, they'll kiss it, and they have such a reverence for it, and and and, and in so much a reverence for it, if there is say I don't know for whatever reason maybe maybe uh, water or something leaked onto that scroll and it skewed 
just a little bit. I mean, you still probably read the word, but it's still a little bit skewed. They will not read from that scroll. That is such a reverence for it. And, you know, and so we know that the scribes who, you know, who wrote, wrote these things, you know, copied and they had a, such a reverence for it. If they knew they made one little small mistake, they would roll it up and start all over. Well, and the inner, I think what's fascinating, because I love history, um, all the other ancient Near Eastern religions, they didn't have a bunch of scrolls. They didn't have, quote-unquote, a book. Uh, the Jewish people were known as a people of the book because they were about the only one who had a written revelation of God. Yeah. And the cool thing about that is, is every other religion at the time was trying to please a God, and they weren't sure how to please him. So they'd you know, do this sacrifice or do that sacrifice, or maybe I prayed to the wrong God, so I'll have to go to this God. But when God gave, his, gave the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch, um, it was like God saying, this, this, is, this is my will. And that was a gift to the people of God. It's like, mm. oh, my gosh, now we know what he wants. Mm. Mm. He, we, know, yeah. we don't have to guess anymore. We don't have to try to figure out. And, and that was the, that's the only ancient Near Eastern religion where um, uh, they had all these scrolls that they could refer to because, oh, we know what Yahweh wants. We know what God wants, you know. Now, the priests of Baal, they have no idea, so they're doing all these cuts on their bodies and screaming and wailing and making sacrifices, and then they don't get what they want. They go to Molech, the other god, and sacrifice their children. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so um, just trying to figure out what God wants. Well, we know what God wants from yeah. his revealed word, yeah. which is, that's why it's such a gift. I'd be, you know, we should probably be kissing it, too, when it goes down the aisle. I, know. I mean, it is. It's, it's incredible to think that God has given this, this, this book to us, mm-hmm. and we can understand him through that book. Yeah. He wants, he, and that's all about a relationship. Yeah. You know, I mean, if we, if we didn't have a relationship with our spouses, <laughs> you know, I mean. And it's even more than a relationship with a book. It, it's directing us to, to the one true God. Yeah. You know? Oh, yes. So uh, you can't have a relationship with a book. But, but you're right. It is all about relationship. It's about how, what is God's attitude on this? How do I, how do I navigate this crazy world that I live in? Mm. Yeah. I'm amazed. We're talking about the history, just of down through the not just centuries, but the millenniums, right? Of how God has protected and preserved this book. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that it is amazing. Uh, you know, there are other ancient books, but but you know, the Bible still is the number one bestseller in the world, and you know, humankind has tried to stamp it out. Yeah. And there's just, and how it's you know just how it's put together, um, is is just you know you know just out outstanding. One of the things that I've enjoyed um, talking about studying. Obviously, we know that the Bible, as it's put together, is more in uh, it's more like a reference book of sixty six books in different sections. Uh, I, I one of my favorite things is I have a um, chronological Bible. Again, that's still. And how it's put together is kind of man's opinion, but but as uh, far as where the books and the passages are placed, right. it's still the Bible. But I, uh, if you are ever wanting to really get a full, just a glimpse of the whole story and and, and how it unfolded, I mean, grab, get yourself, go to, uh, or go online and, and get you go somewhere and, and and purchase a chronological Bible in a translation that you prefer. And uh, and it's just there's just something freshing about that. I I, yeah. I, I have a yeah. that I just um, uh, just finished um, the in my chronological Bible for the reading for the year. Uh, it's broken up into three sixty five uh, you know Bible Bible readings. We just finished with the life of Jesus. We're just in the book of Acts, and I'll finish up on December the thirty first. We'll have read the the book. A, you know the whole Bible in a year, oh, wow. yeah. uh, and it's just been yeah. It just and I agree with you, Ken. When you think, man, they just keep messing this up in the Old Testament, whether it's the nation of Israel or mm. the, or, or people who claim to love God, and, 
and and uh, you just you you there's hope for me yet, Ken. Well, that's and, good. And Aaron, I think, <laughs> oh man, if God can use those people, maybe God might be able to use me. Now that used um, to be my one of my favorite books, you know, the, the chronological. Yes. Because I just kind of wanted. I didn't. I guess I just wanted to know the story from zero zero. You know, yeah. day one until where. But now I'm going to push back on it a little bit because I, I don't find it as helpful as I used to, and, and only because of this. I, I think if you want to get familiar with the story, the overall story, I think it can be a good thing, you know, so you know when is what in place, you know, because you're like, okay, so I'm reading Chronicles, but didn't I read that in Kings? Yeah. And, yeah. and so sometimes that's, I think, helpful because you're like, didn't I read this before? Well, yeah, because that was in Chronicles. Sure. So... Um, but what I've learned the last few years is that each author that had written that particular book that was inspired by God had a particular agenda, typically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if we cut it off, it's like it would be like seeing 10 different people doing a painting of Jesus. And so we would cut them in different sections and then try to line them up, you know, so... And, and you're going to get kind of a weird-looking Jesus, uh, but it's still going to be beautiful, but it's going to mm-hmm. just be kind of—you're going to miss what the painter was trying to do in that one painting mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, to, to show that expression or show that, uh, that feel of who the man and God, Jesus, is. So, like, you know, so when you read Matthew, you know, as we go through Matthew— Matthew's trying to do something. He's taking you somewhere. Luke is doing the same thing, but Luke is wanting you to point to point out how God is for the underdog. God is for the poor. He's for 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 women. He's for the outcasts of society. And and Luke's going to pinpoint on all of that. And you're going to miss it if you just put it as a oh, chronological yeah, sure. story. But if you look at Luke and really look at that, you're like, oh my gosh. Luke is trying to tell us that God's for the underdog, mm-hmm. and, and it's constantly uh, elevating uh, children, women, lepers, uh, Pharisees, tax collectors, <laughs> the, the ones that are not supposed to be and, heroes in society. And I think, that, I think you bring up a good point there. Um, you know, a lot of really good study Bibles, and there's, and there's some great study Bibles out there, but a lot of times they'll have either something at the front or, or in the back of a book. From each book, yeah, there, yeah. There, there's usually a, a theme, or um, you know, this uh, this is what the author is trying to portray in this book, you know, and you can you can actually um, look at those things. I've actually um, one of my books that I had in college was the Four Portraits of Jesus, you know, of, of Christ, and you know, it, it broke down Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and how each one does have a different portrait of who Christ is mm-hmm, that right. they're trying to, to relay. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's, not, that's not saying, hey, they have different opinions because they don't. It's just they're showing you um, this new portrait of who he is. It helps you to understand him better and to, right. to know him better. Yeah. And, 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 you know, again, I, I believe it goes back to that, you know, God wants us to understand him mm-hmm. and, yeah. uh, and to understand that he does have a plan for our life. Um, but... Um, but going back to, you know, we, we know that the original languages of the Bible, you know, you've got Hebrew, you've got, um, um, oh, what's the... Aramaic. Uh, Aramaic, you got Greek, mm-hmm. you know. Well, I can't speak either one of those <laughs> or even write in it. Um, so I'm thankful that we do have English translations to where we can be able to to yeah. read the Bible for ourselves. That there are men and women who have given their lives to study the original they have, languages yeah. Yeah. that have put hours and hours in that we can be the beneficiaries of, of their study. As a matter of fact, the, the very first ones to put it in, in, in an English language, they were persecuted and killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tisdale. Yeah. yeah gave his life. Yeah. He, 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 he burned they, yeah, he's burned. Burn he yeah. He's burned. translating it into... Yeah. In the in the English, so so to get to, to to get the Bible that we have now has paid a price. Yeah, you yeah. know. Um, yeah. So I just encourage our audience find a translation that um, that you can understand. And and I know that we before we came on here tonight we had 
discussed at length different translations and how to approach those those things. And so I, I think I know our hearts the, from the three of us. It's not so much that there's one translation that you need to read, um, but find one that is that speaks to you that is, that is under that you know you can understand mm-hmm. and 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 delve into and, and delve into it. Um, uh, I just want to encourage our audience to. To, yeah. to do that and and the uh, best translation is the one that you will read is the one that you will is the, that you yeah <laughs> that that you exactly read, yeah. that you will. well you know and there was a time in my life when i i read i was probably a freshman sophomore in high school and i discovered a paraphrased bible uh mm-hmm. what was it called uh I don't even remember what it was called. The message. No, it was good, a living the, Bible. Living. living. That's what it was. Bible, yeah. It was the living the Bible. Bible. And yep. it was kind of a paraphrase, you know. It, it's not like if you want to do deep study. But as for a young teen, that helped me so much. Yeah. Yeah. And I haven't really read from the living Bible since because I want to get more of what I feel like the author is trying to really communicate. Yeah. Um, but it is... Uh, it was helpful at that I time you, of my life. Real quick, I started on the, on the Living Bible. Please. In my first full-time church when I was just out of, out of college, uh, a lady in the church, in that particular church that I was pastoring, went to college with the guy that wrote the Living Bible. Oh, that, that, wow. That, and, excuse me, it was all about um, a bedtime story for his daughter. Oh, that's cool. That uh, he, he was writing, how do, would I, how do I paraphrase paraphrase the scriptures where she could could understand it and that's kind of how the living bible got to... that's perfect yeah, and i know that we've we, we talked about it earlier um before we went on here um you know that that translations that are out there you know it's it's not they're not um taking words out they're not adding a lot of words now there may be some translations that are that's why it's very important to um to look at you know the 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 translators, because usually you've got at least thirty translators that are that are working on a translation Bible, you know. And um, you know, if you were to if you were to pick up a Spanish Bible, you know, it's not going to read yep. <laughs> the same way as you know, or a Russian Bible, or you know, because the, it, it's a translation thing. There's some words in some cultures and their language that that is not in the English language, and so. Um, there are three different, basically three different types of Bibles. Um, you have your word for word, um, and those those include your ESV, New American Standard Bible, uh, King James Version, New King James Version, MEV. Um, these are these are word for word. So what they do is they look at each word individually, and um, a lot of times your word for word are going to be your most accurate. May not be. The most easier to understand, um, but will be will be your most accurate for the most part. Um, your next list of, of of translated Bibles are your um, what what is called dynamic equivalent. equivalent. Mm-hmm. Is that what they're called? Yep. Um, your dynamic equivalent Bibles, and these are these are really good, especially for those that maybe it's maybe they're just new Christians, and maybe they never didn't grow up in church, and and a lot of times it's just. These are just simple English ways we talk and to one another and those things, which makes it nice, especially on the mission field. I know we talked about that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's, it's it's hard for a translator if um, if if I'm reading out of a King James version, then they they have to figure out a word in that language. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for for some of those King James because we don't use some of those words now. I, I still use King James version just because I grew up with it. Um, but the dynamic equivalent um, Bibles include like your NIV, your uh, NLT. Um, let's see, what are, what are some other ones out there? Um, those are the two that, that kind of come to my come to, to Yeah, those to are kind of the, the, the two main ones. And the way those are translated is it's translated through like a, a whole sentence. They'll take an entire sentence and try to make it flow easy. So rather than word for word, they take the entire sentence um, and try to make a more coherent sentence in our yeah, language. Yeah, because I'm trying, and I'm, I'm drawing a blank now, but there are times where the, 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 the word for word will, it will, will have a, a quick concept that's in a word or two 
where the the the, the NIV and uh, and especially the NLT will take that concept and we'll just expound on it in maybe a sentence and sometimes even a couple sentences just to get the right to make sure you understand yeah. the meaning behind the, that word behind behind that and so yeah, yeah. And, and and what I have found too is is these these translations they they back each other up mm-hmm. you they know do, they do um there may be some word choices that you may like better than others um but that's the thing you deal with in translations yeah. you know um the third type of bible um ken already mentioned it but the paraphrase bibles mm-hmm. um these are not to replace your studying of god's word in no way or shape um but they're basically you know well, what it says, paraphrasing. It's par- it's somebody paraphrasing what they're reading, yeah. and and sometimes you can you can really gain some insight yeah. on on those paraphrasing. Um, you know, matter of fact, I think it's the the message is one the of message, them. Yeah. And it and it and it says right there in the you know in the section there. This is not to replace your you know your reading and studying of the Bible. Right. This right. is just to give you kind of a, a more and clear like the story on the uh, the the living. Uh, translation, uh, Peterson, that wrote the message, he did it because they were doing Bible studies and they were having difficulties. And he said, well, how would you say that? How would you say that in, your, in our language today? And from that came the message Bible. Um, and, you know, it's, it, it is interesting, but yeah, I don't think it should take the place of your, your you know, study Bible or anything, but it does open some things up like, wow, that, you know, I never quite saw it that way before. Mm-hmm. And I was telling you guys before we started that I used to every year when I'd go through a, a, a Bible, I would just pick a different translation every year just to, to you know, just to kind of get more rounded on different mm-hmm. translations. Mm-hmm. What, what do you, are, what are you reading now? Well, uh, one of the far as devotional or, or study is actually I have a, a Bible that has four translated. It's a, uh, oh, a parallel. It's a, a parallel. Yeah. Parallel so there's Bible. four where it's the, the King James. It is the new King James on the left side of the page. Cool. And then on the right side of the page is the NIV and the NLT. Oh, cool. And so it's a, it's a pretty thick Bible. It's not something you really <laughs> maybe would want to carry around uh, to church, but certainly to keep it home, I, I use that for um, you know for my my personal study time. But uh, something that, that I preach from uh, NIV because uh, it's the closest, at least to us North Americans, that kind of how we talk. Uh, but boy, I I, uh, I also love the NLT too, the the, the yeah. New Living Translation. Yeah. But I think the NIV and and as I shared with with you guys before we came on, you know, the NIV has taken some criticisms with some recent changes, but uh, that they've made from the the nineteen the nineteen eighty four uh, version to a to the revised one two thousand eleven. Um, but I, I, what I appreciate about, appreciate about the NIV is that they pretty much come clean in the footnotes. Mm-hmm. If they've changed something or they give a reason why there's been a tweak, and most of the time I, I can take I can accept what, yes. what what what's gone on in the footnotes. But uh, yeah, your NIV uh, to, to preach from um, and the NLT you know, are the two that I, I pretty much stand stand behind right now. Mm. Yeah, what about you guys? Uh, well, you guys are the preachers for, right now. For me, um, I still I still preach out of the King James version, but occasionally, you know, I'll I might I might quote from maybe the NLT oh, yeah. or the uh, I, I'm I'm really liking the MEV now. The MEV um, is kind of an updated version of the New King James version. Huh. Okay. It's, yeah. um, it stands for Modern English yeah, Version. So Modern yeah. English Version. Yeah. And so what they That's did cool. was they actually used the same manuscripts that the King James Version was used from and just translated from that. Okay. And, okay. Uh, and so it, it has sort of, it sort of still has some of the, uh, the King James feel. It does. Feel. It does. Mm-hmm. Um, huh. and, but, but it's in, it's the way we talk. Right. You know, so there's words there that are like, oh, okay. You know, when before, you know, you had to get out your Strong's Dictionary. What is propitiation? <laughs> you know, what is, yeah, what is this What is this word, you know? And, and, I think it's very, and I think that's another point, too, is, is you know, um, a lot of times your, your churchgoers, sadly to say, statistically, the only time they ever hear the word or read the word 
as when they're in the church building. Mm -hmm. Actually having a study time at home is a kind of a, kind of yeah. a different story. And that's statistically, you know, mm -hmm. um, hopefully, you know, I mean, I tell the church, like, I hope, I hope and pray you guys yeah. every day, you guys are Be diving in the word, in the word for in yourself the word. and in live the in the word and, you know, and those, and those things. So, um, but yeah, right now, I mean, I really like the, I like the MEV just because of that flow. Um, I really like the NLT if I'm just, I'm out reading mm -hmm. uh, to somebody and, right. you know, and you want, you want, uh, you want people to understand what God is trying to say. Mm -hmm. So I think that brings up another point and, and Ken can, um, he can chime on what he's, he's yeah. reading if he wants to, but um, when it comes to reading and studying God's word, read and study it. Okay. Yeah. Don't just look at it. Um, and, and, and another thing, too, is don't just, you know, it's, it's one thing to read it, but you have to have the study there as well to understand it, you know. And so if you don't understand what you're reading, you know, it's mm -hmm. just it's just not going to do anything, anything for you. So when it comes to reading, studying God's word, you know, you're you're you're. you're um, uh, you're dissecting it. You're looking at the the individual chapter and and the writer of the chapter and the audience that's in the chapter. <laughs> There's so many things that you want to look at because if you don't do that, you're going to miss mm -hmm. the main mm -hmm. meaning. And the main meaning never changes. Mm -hmm. You know, listen, I mean, I may read a verse, and it, you know, it may do something for me in a certain way. And that it doesn't do for um, Ken and Doug, you know. But we all can come together and say, "Okay, this is this is the main meaning of mm -hmm. of this chapter," you know. Right. right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I've been I've been still stuck on the ESV. I need to branch out and do something new. Uh, I've heard good things about the NLT, so um, I think my wife does that a lot. So, um, but yeah. I wanted to say, yeah, I read the original Greek and Hebrew, but <laughs> I took I took some classes in it, and yeah, I'm going to stick with English. Yeah, I know I know enough just of the, of the New Testament Greek to help me in my study or if I'm putting a sermon together or something. But yeah, to read it is, yeah. is thank, it's thank, a beautiful language. Though. Thank God for translators. Amen. Man. That's right. And we and we all know one, so we may have them come on sometimes. Oh so, yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. Y'all yeah. we'll yeah, let the cat on. I'm, yeah, we got to definitely bring him out. And um, speak with us, guys. Is there any any other comments about reading and and studying the Bible? I've got like a thousand. I know. So we may yeah. want to make this part one. Yeah. So readdress it. Yeah. It's a balance quality so, and because, quantity. Yeah, because I want people to really feel like they can approach the Bible from some suggestions of what worked with all of us. You mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. um, because we all have different ways of approaching mm -hmm. the Bible. I expected when I got married that my wife would really like to dig into the Greek and Hebrew. And <laughs> <laughs> I really geeked That's out over this. And she was like, can we just like read a devotion? You know? Yes. And, and um, so, and there are ways to read the Bible devotionally and, yeah, and uh, yeah. you don't have to start getting a, a Greek lexicon and all that stuff. So I'd encourage our audience to, I, I just to, is to uh, uh, just carefully, but tell us, tell us what you're reading, what, what translations you pre, you prefer and, as you do your study, and uh, yeah. and, uh, and, I'd and, be, and some tips, be, you know, yeah. that maybe we can. What's put worked on. for you? Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So please, please, please write in. We will, we would love to hear from from you all and um, hear what you're reading. Even um, if you don't like us, you can still. Yeah. Put, but <laughs> yes. <laughs> we, I, I'll, I'll still be because I'm not. I'm not a perfect guy, but no, you know. No, so so yeah. No, anything. Uh, but of course, you just direct those to Doug. So. <laughs> yes, yeah. Pin all criticism my way for whatever reason. That's all right. <laughs> hey, yeah, right into us. Uh, this will be part one of reading and studying the Bible, and we will come out with a part two at and, some point. And we would love to hear your questions. That way, we can answer some of those. And be look, be looking out here. Hopefully, soon we will actually go live. Um, on our Facebook page, and uh, we'll be able to do a question and answer, and and you can be able to comment. We'll um, we'll we'll talk to you and on there. So be looking out for that. Um, so, well, 
have a great day. Be blessed. Thank you for listening today. Absolutely. And get into the Word of God. Read it. Study it. Know it. Understand it. And if you don't understand it, keep reading it and studying it until you do understand. God does want you to understand His Word. He really does. So, all right. We love each and every one of you. Thank you for listening in on the Deliberating uh, Pastor Podcast. Thank you.